Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we're breaking down the weekend that was at Pocono Raceway. Plus, we've got a great, great uh, show for you this weekend as we're talking about Ross Chastain's decision to leave the Xfinity Series. He will leave the Xfinity Series and go to, to the Truck Series to run for points there. What does that mean? As far as that's concerned for his future, can he do it? It's going to be interesting. He's got a lot of work to do. they got a lot of work to do over there at Nice uh, Motorsports to get Chastain into the playoffs. Plus, we'll preview this weekend's race at Texas Motor Speedway. The trucks are there at Texas this weekend, and the Cup Series and Xfinity Series are in action this weekend as well at Michigan International Raceway, uh, International Speedway. 917-889-8280. That's the number to call here tonight if you want to join the show. Talk about anything you want to discuss about. What about Ross Chastain? Anything about Pocono Raceway? We're here live uh, on Talking Circles tonight from 8.30 to about 9.30 tonight here on Talking Circles. If you guys want to chime in, we will certainly uh, be able to um, discuss anything you want to talk about in the world of NASCAR. Okay, guys. First order of business tonight is the Pocono 400 uh, from Pocono Raceway in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. It was Kyle Busch. His 56th career win, he led 79 of the late races, 160 laps. Byron was in, William Byron was in front early uh, until really the um, we saw a uh, competition caution there come out, and he lost the lead. Kyle Larson led a little bit as well, and then he got in some trouble late, ended up 26, and that was a Kyle Busch show from there on out. Um, a, a race that didn't feature a whole lot of passing, Philip. I know we were in the stands there on, on Sunday. And we were kind of talking about how hard it seemed to be to pass. You know, a lot of guys got close to each other, and once they, as soon as they pulled up on each other, they couldn't really make the pass for whatever reason, whether that was they were too slow or the car just the handling went away when they got behind somebody. But what did you think of, of the race in Kyle Busch's win at Pocono Raceway on Sunday? Well, I said it to you, I think, and to our the people that we went to the race with and that basically I've, I go and put it in my mind that Kyle Busch is going to win so that I theoretically wouldn't be disappointed uh, because then I wouldn't enjoy myself. I definitely did enjoy myself before I walked into the racetrack. Uh, once I was there to actually watch the racing, uh, the product was underwhelming at best. Um, it, whether it's Kyle Busch or whoever, it was not a good race. I've uh, heard read and plenty of things on social media about how bad it was on TV. And then considering what we 
sat through it was not good uh the this package it's like a key word it has to be a drinking word at some point this year it's going to get there it does not work on flat racetracks Pocono Raceway is its own animal and at the end of the and it's the same thing at Indianapolis it doesn't work there but virtually anything that involves a stock car in Indianapolis doesn't work either uh, you have to give them the fact they weren't able to shift and they were going basically wide open around the whole entire track defeats the entire purpose of um, you know a cup car being there uh, you need to be able to shift. You need to be able to get runs and possibly make, you know, make them have the ability to make them as, as one car could make a mistake and then you pass or you're able to get them loose. In this case, you couldn't get anybody loose. You can do nothing. Brad said it after the race that he could have been a 20th place car. The minute you get out front, nobody's going to pass you. And Kyle Busch, once Kyle Larson had his problems and, he, you know, and Kevin Harvick uh, gave away, Kevin Harvick's pit crew gave away the opportunity to possibly steal the race. Uh, he had it his own way. He did not like the rules package. Um, one of my friends on Twitter or one of my, one of the people I follow and he follows me is the guy who got um, railed on because of asking about it. He's a local guy and the reality is the package sucked, the race sucked, and it was one of the worst-rated races by Gluck now that he's actually getting paid to write again uh, that he's had in the last however many years. And they blame it on Pocono. Everyone's like, oh, Pocono shouldn't have two races. But Pocono draws as good or about as or better than a lot of these racetracks we go to. It's not a Pocono problem. The problem is NASCAR and their inability to not meddle and, and mess with things. They, they have to make these crappy, idiotic rules packages, and they, don't, they make it a one-size-fits-all thing. Denny Hamlin's not known for saying very many intelligent things or doing very many intelligent things, but he did have one point where he said, let's have specific rules you know, setups for different types of racetracks. And then maybe you might have a better product overall. They're not, NASCAR is into 550 horsepower is the way to go. I have an idea that I was thinking about earlier that would be much better. And of course the costs are out of control anyway, so it would probably be fine. And it might bring in more people and it wouldn't even be about 550 horsepower. But the, the point is fine. Kyle Busch won. It's his fourth win of the year. He uh, tied or passed Rusty Wallace, I guess, whatever. Good for him. And he's going to win more this year. And more than likely, it's setting up that he's going to win his second championship for uh, as long as things kind of continue down this path. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he wasn't very happy with the package, as you mentioned. And, and we'll get a little bit more on that as the race goes on, as the year goes on. We'll hear a little bit more about that. But, uh, Spencer, you know, you were kind of from a different view. I mean, again, I, I feel like maybe they made a mistake going with the smaller horsepower. I felt maybe the 750 horsepower package would have been a little bit of a better choice here this weekend for them, uh, just because I think it 
it sort of plays well for Pocono, better for Pocono. Um, there is talk they're going to go out there at Pocono next time we go there, which is in a couple of weeks. Six weeks will be at Pocono again, um, and there's going to be uh, different rule packets there. I'm not they really haven't come out and said exactly what they're going to do, but they're certainly considering some things. But what did you overall think of the race overall, um, and what did you think about Kyle Busch being able to hold off Kozlowski there at the end? I mean, he made a nice, you know, he, he was strong. Kyle, listen, no matter what the package is, he's so talented that he can run any package he wants, Kyle. And you know, I know a lot of people can't stand him. A lot of people uh, just just hate the fact that he's up there and being successful. But the guy can really, really drive a race car. There's no question about that. And uh, you know, he's really remarkable to watch. You know, they said it was a milestone victory this week, and I didn't really think it was. 55 is a nice chunk of, of wins. But I think the next one he gets to, which is going to be 76, that's the next yeah. driver, big-time driver he hits. That's Earnhardt. And then you get into the big-time ter- territory when you get to 80 and 83 and 84 and 85. That's the big-time territory. So he's still got a ways to go until that. But what did you think of Kyle Busch's run there on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it was uh... – you know, like Philip said, I feel the same way. I feel like once you got out front, you, nobody was catching you. Uh, Kyle Larson definitely didn't have the fastest car, but what, once he was out front, you know, it was hard for him to get past. Um, it was unfortunate what happened to him. Um, other than that, I thought it was a kind of a boring race. Um, I watched the whole thing because there was nothing else to do. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I just uh, the package is not the greatest. Uh, there's been better. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from his 55 wins. You know, that's pretty incredible. Um, I mean, none of us have 55 wins in the Cup Series, so um, you can't talk bad about him. And like you said, he can definitely will a race car. And, um, you know, it's uh, he's climbing the ladder. He's ninth with Rusty. And, um, like you said, he's uh, got to really push it to get up there to pass Earnhardt. And that's uh, quite a few more wins. You know, that's it's not going to be difficult, but it's not going to happen, you know, next week. So, um yeah, other than that, you know, congrats to him and uh, unfortunate for some of the guys with the instance that they had. But, yeah, other than that, not the best race I've watched, that's for sure. Yeah, it was it was no doubt. I think everybody's in agreement that it needs there needs to be an improvement to this package. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, let's look at the finishing order of this race because it helped it helped a certain amount of people more than others. One of the drivers that really helped him, Kozlowski had a really nice run. You know, all all day he was, I think, the only one that could really go out there and pass some people, um, but he just never could get to get to the lead because once he got the once the leader got the clean air, he was gone. Um, but a, a great run for Eric Jones. I mean, this was a guy who I came yeah. up here last week, and I will say this, I sort of, I would say I destroyed him, but I was very critical of him and, and that twenty team because I always say, and you know, one race isn't going to change my mind, but I always say it seems like they'll have two or three good races in a row. Then they'll have one or two bad races in a row. Then they'll do really good for a couple, and then they'll shoot themselves in the foot again. Um, they had a nice run at Dover, a nice run at Kansas. Terrible day where they crashed on lap 22 at Charlotte, uh, and they wrecked in the All-Star race the week before. And then they come to Pocono and finish third. They weren't the fastest car all day long. I wouldn't say that. I think they were more of a top-10 car. But they played their cards right. They, they, they did good strategy at the end of that race and got to uh, the third position. So, a nice job by Eric Jones and, and that 20 team, Philip, to go out there and finish in the top five and give them a solid run, uh, something they, they desperately needed. Yeah, I mean, for the Gibbs, considering that his three teammates all have excuse me, multiple wins, Eric Jones kind of needs to catch up, per se, in terms of uh, 
results. And so for him to get that third place or third place finish there on Sunday, he was there all day. So there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of movement, of course, uh, as we saw. But for him to do that, in a in a situation where the incon- that consistency has not existed there, uh, he got himself back into the playoff. So the finish it helped also Larson Rack. That's part of it. But the I'm curious to see how he will follow that up this week, playing a home doing a home game uh, at Michigan. How he will follow up? Will he be able to put another good run together? Possibly get that home win, you know, that Brad's been chasing or whatever. It's the same way for Eric Jones. Uh, if he'll be able to go and do that, I think for him, in terms of his eligibility or being able to make it into the playoff, it's gonna be uh, dependent on getting a win. I think for Eric Jones. So uh, if he can string some of these top fives together, it'll probably give him a little better shot. But it'll also, if he can go and win, you know, he locks himself in the way he did last year at Daytona. But a good run by them, that whole crew, considering kind of carrying the weight of the Gibbs group outside of Kyle Busch because the other other Gibbs guys or specifically uh Truex didn't really end up having such a such a great day. I mean the Gibbs guys ended up doing pretty well for themselves in the end. They all qualified pretty up far up front and I mean Eric Jones held his own. Yeah, it was a it was a decent day for JGR. We've talked about their strong season so far and there's no doubt about that. A couple, another team that had a pretty good day at Pocono Racer was Hendrick Motorsports. Um, Chase Elliott, uh, a good job there in fourth. You know, he's always every week seems to be the uh, over outperforming the, the best performing Hendrick Motorsports car of the week, and that seems like a regular thing every week. Him and Alan Gustafson in that nine team to really be finding it. They put themselves in a decent opportunity. They, they led two laps with the fastest car day. I think a lot of people might have been. In, a wee bit disappointed in that nine team because they were sort of expected to be a winner in that race or at least somebody to contend for a win. And the fourth place was not bad, but we never really saw them contend for the for the lead a lot um, in that race. So a fourth place run for him. Cliff Boyer was fifth. Then we mentioned Hamlin, Hamlin in sixth. Joey Logano seventh. A nice run for Suarez in eighth. And here's another Hendrick Motorsports car that I felt ran really good was William Byron in ninth. Sat on the pole, led 25 laps. Was in the top ten for the most part of the day. Got a lot of points that he needed. I think about anybody, he had the second most points earned throughout the entire event. So that's a, a, a solid day for him as well. Um, Jimmy Johnson was up in the top 12 before he had an issue on the final lap with the track bar. It felt like the track bar broke on the 48 car or something to that nature. Um, and he dropped to 19th. He was about 11th on the restart and dropped to 19th there in that final greenway checkered. Uh, so that really hurt Jimmy. But, um, you know, and – Bowman had finished 15th, so not a horrible day for, for Hendrick Motorsports, but I think for particularly Chase Elliott and William Byron Spencer, um, those two really stick out as having really nice days, and days that, you know, again, I don't think they're there as far as winning races just yet, but another step in the right direction for HMS and, and Chevrolet to sort of close the gap a little bit on Ford and Toyota. Yeah, no doubt. They have definitely gotten better. Uh, 
I kind of have to, I mean, disagree with you a little bit on that. I think Chase Elliott is due to win. You know, he's running up front, finishing top five. But other than Chase Elliott, I do agree with you. I don't think those cars are uh, ready to be parked in victory lane. I mean, if you look, Jimmy Johnson's 19th. He finished 19th. I mean, we're talking about a seven-time champion, and that team's been all for two years now. They weren't the best in 2017. Yes, they won, but they that's when you started to notice their fall. And then 2018 into now, they've just been uh, they've been off. And the whole Hendrick Motorsport uh, group has been off, and I think Chase Elliott has came through last year. And I think them wins last year um, helped them. With the good, good season they had has moved on into the 2019 season. And they're running up front, and they do have a win at Talladega. So, um, yeah, they're not where they want to be, but I definitely think that whole bunch is, you know, like you said, moving towards the Toyota camp and the Ford camp. So, um, you know, if they keep it up, you know, they could possibly see all four cars in the um, in the playoffs, and Chase is definitely going to make it. Um, but, yeah, so uh, good, another good day for them, and they just got to keep it going. Yeah, it was, it was a nice day for them. Another driver, Philip, this driver's – that I like paying attention to are the drivers who are in the mid-pack of the field here. Um, and one of the drivers that stands out just because he's sort of righted his ship a little bit this season is Daniel Hemrick. Uh, he has a lot of speed in that eight car, more speed than he's had in weeks prior. And when you look at his season so far, it's really a tale of two seasons. The first eight races, he found himself 29th in the standings and had a two top 20 finishes in the first eight races. Since then, he's gotten three top 20 finishes, uh, including a fifth at Talladega, Four, excuse me, four top 20 finishes, excuse me, five top 20 finishes in the seven races since then. Uh, a, a fifth place finish at Talladega, and he's went from 29th to 24th in the standings, so a nice jump there over the last uh, six races for that 13, or excuse me, for that eight team uh, at Richard Childress Racing. So he's sort of righted the ship a little bit. A guy a lot of people have had their eye on this year as far as a rookie year contender and a driver a lot of people can say, well, he's going to go out and, and win a lot of races in his sport. Uh, did a nice job at Pocono Raceway this weekend, and, and they're not going to make the playoffs this year. I think that's pretty um, – unless they unless they pull off a win here at, at, at Daytona in July, which is very possible, or a road course at Sedona or Watkins Glen, they're not going to be able to point their way into the playoffs this year, which I'm sure a lot of people are disappointed about because I think when they looked at an eight car, a lot of people might have been like, well, you know, he's got some skill. They might be able to do that. Um, but they have, they're not going to be able to point their way in. There's no doubt. There's no question about that. They're going to have to win. But uh, he's certainly getting that, that season off on, on a better note here uh, from the first eight races where he just couldn't get, him, get him out of his own way. So a nice job there by Hemrick so far here in the last uh, six or seven races. Yeah, I mean, I, I would give credit to Hemrick and uh, his whole team. They They had some really brutal luck in general, and I mean, for both him and Ryan Priest, that rookie battle is basically, it's like a endurance race back in the day. They're just holding on for dear life because it's like the cartoon Anvil goes and, and nails one or both of them every single week. It, used, it had been early in the year, and for Hemrick to get that 13th place finish at Pocono is a good run for them. For RCR in general, it's uh, a, a positive uh, because in the end, I mean, Dylan ended up, Austin ended up uh, in the fence uh, crying about how he was raced by Paul Menard. And then you had Ty Dylan didn't really do anything. Bubba Wallace was just quiet. 
also the fact that he held, you know, he held serve. He was the best of the bunch. You know, that makes, uh, that's a good sign. I think for the rest of the year, as he goes to these racetracks for a second time, it, it should bring more dividends for the eight crew. The, they didn't make the playoff last year. The, they had started falling off with Newman anyway. So the reality is I think the hopes for what they could do based on the talent that they've shown in other series, meaning both Hemrick and Ryan Priest, probably were higher than what the equipment they have. And so I give credit to Hemrick to get a 13-place finish there at Pocono. It's a hard track. And, you know, good strategy considering how hard it was to pass. Kurt Busch was, I mean, I'm going to reference two other Chevys here. Kurt Busch was absolute dog crap at the start of the race. I know you and I were talking, we're pointing him out. He was falling to the back. He was with the cellar dwellers. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what magic, what they did, what adjustments they made. They kept on chasing it, kept on pitting, pitting, and he went and pulled out an 11th place finish. And that's a big deal for him for Matt McCall, the Monster Energy team, to go and get that run, you know, at one of his better racetracks, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of good racetracks for Kurt Busch, but Pocono's a place where he's done work in multiple cars. So that was a good recovery. Chris Busher, former winner at Pocono Raceway in a cup car, getting a 14th place finish. He's, you know, on that cusp of one of those guys that he, yeah he has to win to get in but I think with him and Alex Bowman those are those two guys that are on the outside that could possibly get in and really shuffle things up in the playoff battle because when you look at the playoff battles among all three series the only one that might have any real compelling their only real compelling one would be Cup and I think those two guys Chris Buescher and uh Alex Bowman would be two guys that could possibly go and flip the flip the script and make it really difficult on some of these other cars that are uh, on the borderline. But yeah, we got to say that Chevrolet is starting to make an upward rise here, going into some of these little off the wall races that they're going to be going to off the different tracks. So the different tracks are going to. Yeah, and and uh, forty two even had a really nice day. You know, I know he got on both stages. At, at, had some issues, but he won both stages, was able to get some points. And, and as bad as, as you look at it and say, well, you know, he finished in 26th, he, he still earned 31 points, which was about a, an 11th to 12th place run for him. So our sixth place run when Denny Hamlin, he had 31 points as well. So, uh, and got two playoff points. So it wasn't, it, it could have been a lot worse for Kyle Larson for sure. And, and uh, another tough day for Harvick guys had a, first of all, had a, had a bad pit stop and then, lost his power steering uh, at Pocono. It's a real tough to lose power steering, and he finished, ended up 22nd, so uh, another tough day for Harvick. We mentioned Truex earlier, a couple of guys are mentioning now here who had some issues, big-name drivers who had some issues at Pocono this weekend. Martin Truex Jr. Uh, blew an engine on lap 91 in the Bass Pro Shops tractor boats. Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, a, a potential contender to win, had some issues there as well, but I do think what you brought up about Kurt Busch is a good point. Um, that's what teams. That's what great teams do. They figure out a way yeah. to, to salvage a decent day. And you know, he was. If that first stage didn't have the competition caution, he would have been a lap down. 
Um, yeah. That competition caution saved him because he was really dropping fast. And, you know, like you said, I pointed at you and was like, what's going on with the one team? And, and that was before he even really had his – he really dropped, you know, and, and he was passed, He was getting passed by people left and right. Corey LaJoy got around him for about 31st or 32nd uh, in that – right before that competition caution. I was like, wow. He got passed by so Chastain too. Yeah, this is a guy who's tw- started 21st, and, and they see, the only issue I really have with that team, and I don't know if it's Kurt, I don't know if it's Matt McCall, I don't know if it's the Ganassi as a whole, but qualifying, they just don't seem to qualify very good. You know, Kurt's a, a great driver, we know that, but they seem to qualify in the 20s. Or, you know, don't make the second round of some racetracks. They got to do a little bit better in qualifying because, like a, you know, like we saw at Pocono, if he has that issue and he – um, in the playoffs, let's say, and he's at uh, New Hampshire or Richmond, you know, he could fall up down early if you start 25th, you know. But if you start in 10th, you give yourself a little bit of a of a cushion there to where if your car is a little bit off, yeah, you're still going to fall back, but it's going to take a little bit more time to do that. So, you know, uh, the track position is important when you qualify early in that race to make sure you don't fall laps down in case something in case you do have a bad day and you completely miss the setup like we saw with that one team on Sunday at Pocono Raceway. 917-889-8280 here. There's the number on Talking Circles tonight. Clayton Colwell, Philip Matthew, and Spencer Cowan here. And I want to get to this subject because it was a very, very interesting subject that a lot of people have been discussing here over the last day or two since it's been announced. Um, Ross Chastain, who a lot of people um, you know, are familiar with. He won an Xfinity Series race last year, won a Truck Series race this year. Announced this week that he officially declared for NASCAR Camping World Truck NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series owner points for the remainder of the 2019 season. Now Chastain has run every single race so far this season for Nice Motorsports, but the points he's accumulated so far in that in the Nice Motorsports truck will not count because he was earning Xfinity Series points, and you can only declare as a driver. You can only declare for one series. So Ross will have to start from scratch with zero points. Now, he's eligible to run for the playoffs because he started ten ra- all ten races this year. So that's not a problem. But he's negated his Xfinity Series efforts, which we'll talk about in a little bit, to run his uh, Gander Outdoor Truck Series efforts and try and make the playoffs for Nice Motorsports. We have Quentin on the line, and I know he wanted to discuss about this. What do you think about this, Quentin, um, about Ross Chastain, you know, I know you want to discuss something about it, but what, what struck you as interesting about this whole truck series thing with Chastain moving from the truck series to the Xfinity series? Well, it's completely unprecedented, first off, right? And to come in late in the season, and in the truck series now, you're talking about eight drivers eligible for the championship. So he's starting from scratch on that. Unlike in Xfinity Series, say that, for instance, uh, Kyle Busch, who's got wins across the board in all three series, um, if he was to, (laughs) you know, step down to Xfinity, at least there would still be openings for 12 drivers. Um, So I completely understand his move. I mean, you're looking at a guy that didn't even have a ride you know, after the whole fallout at Ganassi. And I'm excited about it. I really am. Um, it's going to be exciting to watch him. Um, 
I'm going to be following a truck series driver and looking at his every point, his every finish, his every, you know, for those that uh, really watch um, all the series across the board, this is the one to follow for me. <laughs> I mean, coming into uh, September, I'm going to be more excited to watch Ross Chastain crawl up. And I think uh, he's, a guy that could do that. Certainly. I, I, I certainly agree with you there. I think um, when you look at, you know, how he's performed so far this year in the Nice Motorsports truck, um, he certainly can do it. And, and listen, the, the qualifications for him are going to have to be, there's no way he's going to be able to point his way into the playoffs. Now you look at the, you talked about the top eight, there's 253 points he would have to gain uh, on Todd Gulland to, you know, get in that way. So points, they only matter compared to Jesse Little. Now, Jesse Little's made five starts this year, he's, and I use him because he's 20th in points, and that's where Chastain's going to have to be if he wants to use his victory, if he wants to, to win, if he can win a race, then he's in, but he has to be in the top 20 in points. Now, again, he's made every single race this year, but his points don't count, so he's got to gain 91 points on Jesse Little. You know, he's got to gain 91 points right now as 20th. Then you got Angela Rush, Corey Roper there as well, Austin Wayne Self. Um, all these guys haven't run eight races this year. Um, so he's got some races to do it, Spencer. He's, he's got a chance to do it. I guess my question is, do you think he's able going to be able to pull this off? And what are your thoughts on, on the fact that, you know, on, on his decision, um, you know, to, to run for the truck series. I mean, do you think he's got a ch legitimate chance at winning this championship if, if he's able to pull it off? Talking near yes, Spencer. And okay. Right. I, I do, uh, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a fan of him. But, I mean, look what he's able to do in that small team. I mean, he's finished top ten in every race that he's been in. And uh, I know there's great teams in the ex, uh, in the truck series. You know, he has to go through the 52 of Friesen, uh, 98 of Grand Infinger. I get that. But if you really watched his Kansas race, you were really able to see what he's able to do in that race, in that truck. Um, but, yeah, and I, and I agree with his decision. I mean, let's face it, J.D. Motorsports is a small team. He was 13th in points, but does he legitimately have a shot to win a championship in that car? No. you got to go through Christopher Bell you got to go through Justin Allgaier and a couple more good guys in the Xfinity Series. And sorry, he has zero shot of winning a race in the um, Cup Series, and he wasn't running for points with them anyways. So the only shot that he has to really put his name out there is to run for points in the Truck Series. He has nothing to lose. Um, he has a shot in the Truck Series. He didn't have a shot in either other in the Xfinity Series or Cup Series, so why not? Um, whether... JD Motorsports agreed with it. I don't know whether he just did it on his own. You know, I'm sure he probably made a few people upset, but you know, this is for him. Um, and this is for his career. You know, if he's able to go out and win this championship, bigger and better sponsors could possibly come. His name will explode. And I mean, look at the good ride that Brett Moffitt was able to get from winning his championship. You know, he's with GMS now. So um, why not? I mean, he really had nothing to lose. I mean, you have talked about this off air. So um, like, the one guy said, uh, Quentin, I think this is probably going to be the best thing to watch this year. Um, and that's in the truck series to see if he's actually able to do it. And if he is, it's going to be uh, one heck of a story at the end of the season, that's for sure. 
How about you, Philip? What are your thoughts on this whole deal? I mean, do you think it's a, a deal? You know, Quentin brought up a good point where this is sort of unprecedented. We've never really seen a, a team or a driver do this. Now, I love Ross. I think he's entitled to do what he wants to do. But um, do you think this might have uh, – you know, we won't know. JD, John, Johnny Davis seems like a really, really, really good guy. Um, but this is – is this a – you know, you could sell sponsorship to the, for this as far as if Jesse makes the playoffs – in the four car now, he's kind of a, a ton ahead of him, but though he's still got the college races as well, I think he's got two left there where he can make the playoffs in those races as well. If uh, I winning a race, do you think he made the right choice? And um, what about the Xfinity series? Do you think he sort of still had a chance at making the playoffs, or was this sort of big picture where he looks at it and says, "Hey, um, I can win a championship in the truck series"? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could compare it to was some of these drivers that have had to get the – they've had to get the uh, voucher or whatever they had to get. I'm trying to forget the word. Uh, the I'm forgetting the word they had for when <clears throat> exemption. Kyle Busch went – Yeah, yeah. They the exemption, whatever, you know, like when Kyle Busch went and, and crashed at – Daytona and then he came back and then set the world on fire with Adam Stevens in 15 that led to his championship. I thought exactly of that, you know, where he missed, he gave up 13 races, 12 races. Plus he finished virtually last in another one. Uh, and he still came back and somehow or another got in the top 30 in points, which theoretically wasn't that hard but he won races and he ended up winning a championship. If Ross Chastain does something similar to this in the truck series, it would just, it would just flip the, go into that flip the script. It would turn everything over. If he went and did that, it would be one of the biggest stories ever in, or one of the biggest stories I've ever seen. And in general, in recent NASCAR history, for him to do what he did to make that call leaving at the end of the day, JD motorsports. I have, I have a friend that uh, is on the team, one on the JD motorsports team. They work really hard, but the difference now compared to last year is I don't know who their main car is. It doesn't seem like they have a main car. They have four cars that are generally all not that great. The four car at least was at a step above. All of them are kind of in that same zone. Ross and that group, they kind of pull a little bit more out of it. 15's kind of there. The 01's completely irrelevant. The zero's sort of in, in between that. So mm-hmm. when you bring all those things into play, he wasn't going to catch uh, Justin, JJ, Haley, whatever you want to call him. It wasn't going to happen, and I thought about it when we talked about Talladega. I think the the this is what I say: if he had won Talladega, I don't think we're having this discussion right now. No way, because yeah. he'd be competitive. He'd be going for a championship, and at that point, you can't really make that move. He didn't win Talladega. He wins Kansas, and was and did it in impressive fashion. And frankly, has been the best driver in the series this year. Honestly, there the the points state that that uh, 
Grant Infinger is a points leader and Stuart Friesen second. And, you know, there's a three or there's Moffat, Rhodes, and Crafton. And then Sauter's won one, uh, one race and Austin Hill's won one race. But the reality is Ross Chastain with the 45 team has been the most impressive driver in the truck series this year. So he's, to me, I mean, this is just, it's in, it, it, the truck series has needed something like this to really make it like what it used to be back in the, in its heyday. This is yeah. crazy. I mean, Spencer's point is, is so, it's, it's, it's so valid. It's the most interesting thing that's going on in NASCAR. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. crappy rules packages. It doesn't have to talk about small fields, right. this, that, and the other thing. More people are going to watch this truck race on at Texas on Friday night than probably anybody's watched a truck race since when freaking Brendan Gaughan got wrecked by by Marty Houston at, at Homestead or or pick a race that's happened in the past ten fifteen years. Like it's that's literally more people are going to watch that Texas race because they're like, oh, what's Ross Chastain going to do? And then we're going to mention something else that's going to be going on in Texas. But yeah, this is going to be the most watched truck race in years because of Ross Chastain. So quite frankly, I mean, I hope the one thing I did notice is that he's going to be in a third truck. He's not locked in. He's going to have to qualify on speed. Theoretically, I don't think that should be an he issue. He should be able to do that. But, but you know, that's something that... If he spins, they're blowing the tire, yeah. Yeah, so trouble. then, but, but as long as they kind of, you know, keep things on the up and up, I mean, it's entirely possible. Joe Nemechek will go and park his truck or, you know, you got Norm Banning. You got a few people that they could buy their way into the race too. So uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what uh, Ross does in that uh, third truck there to start his chase for a championship that he's now given away a quarter, what, one-third of the season. Uh, We'll see if he can go and win it with only running uh, 15 races. I think what we hit on, and, and I want to get your opinion on this, Quentin, too, is that the circumstances. You know, I think that it was a perfect circumstance. The fact that nobody in the truck series, and, and this is partially because of Kyle Busch and him coming down and not being able to run for points and winning, I think, what he's won, five truck races this year and eight starts uh, yep. and eight races this year. So nobody's really taken the truck series by storm here where – you know, we have a few favorites in the Xfinity Series Championship. You know, you got Reddick who's running really good. Custer's had a nice year. Christopher Bell's doing good. You've still got Allgaier, who I think a lot of people think can turn it on at the flip of a switch. So you got a lot of drivers out there who can really um, put it all together. This year in trucks, it doesn't seem to be that case. Enfinger's a nice driver, but he's never really won a ton of races in the truck series to where you say he's an actually a, a huge, huge contender for the championship in the truck series. Same thing with Frisian. Um, you know, he's never won a truck series race. Moffitt was a, is a defending champion. I understand that, but he's in a new ride. Ben Rhodes can be put in the same category. Crafton, he's never been really the same since that fire. Neither is Store Sport. They've never really been the same. Sauter has had a decent year, but the consistency hasn't been there yet. And the list goes on and on. you got Gilland and, and Burton, who Cobb has come out and said they've been terrible this year pretty much. Um, they actually made crunchy changes, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, you know, I think it, it, it was a sort of a perfect circumstance for him because nobody's really taken this championship in the truck series by a storm. Nobody's taken a grab a hold of it and won four races, 
and, and Philip talked about this earlier, I think Chastain, and a lot of people believe this, has been the best driver in the truck series so far this season. Um, and this is with a team at Nice Motorsports. This is another aspect we didn't really touch on. This, this is a, a good publicity and a good step in the right direction for a team like Nice Motorsports. Now, they, we felt – we talked about this earlier in the year, guys. They had three trucks at part times last year. We felt maybe taking a truck away um, – you know, taking a truck away from that team and might have helped them. But, I, you know, here they are going three trucks full-time the rest of the year. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. So uh, I guess what I'm getting at, Quentin, is I just think it was sort of a a perfect circumstance for Ross Chastain to make this move. And I will question something here, and that is as far as qualifying, doesn't he have owner points? No, he doesn't because, as Philip said, he's going to be driving the 38 trucks this weekend. Now, gotcha. 38, okay. 38 made a couple of – Right, Kyle Benjamin's in the 45. The 38, I think, made one or two starts this year, if that. Um, so he won't have owner points, and that's the thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on, not to cut you off here. But are they going to run three trucks the rest of the way? You know, uh, That team still has to look out for sponsorship. They still have to do what's best for that. Uh, 45 team and four these motorsports. Now they might sit there and say, "Listen, we, we, we're committed to Ross," and I totally believe him because I don't think Ross makes this move, guys, if he doesn't get the verbal commitment from Nice Motorsports that that team's going to give him the 100% effort as possible. And I think Nice would be dumb because of what I just said. You know, it gives them nice publicity. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is, is you know, it's going to be interesting to me if Nice can keep up what they've been able to perform here in the first eight races. And, and I know Ross is, is an t- extremely talented race car driver, but it's going to be fascinating to watch what he does here at Texas, Quinton. It's the shortest season of the top three, okay? And then it's also uh, uh, the smallest field for the championship. So talking – and, uh, Philip, you already brought up the – uh, the rear view about Kyle Busch um, being able to, you know, make his way up. But that was in cup. Is it going to be enough in truck? And, um, you know, I was paragraphing some stuff earlier, and um, I even talked to uh, one of the local uh, sports stations here in the Twin Cities, and um, oh, I got my butt handed to me on that one. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it'd be different if Kyle Busch stepped down to the Xfinity Series where there's a lot of races left and it's Kyle Busch. Ross Chastain is stepping down to the Truck Series with less races and whatnot. And it's a lot smaller field than the uh, 12 drivers eligible in Xfinity, and it's Kyle Busch. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but is this. Chastain's best shot at a championship? I'm going to say yeah. And I feel like this, like I said earlier, I think the stars aligned here. And, and Quentin, I want to thank you so much uh, for calling. We have another caller we have to get to here, but uh, thank you so much for calling and call back again soon. I'm going to get back up to my studio so I can listen to the rest of your show. I appreciate it. Um, 917-889-8280. But just, um, you know, before we get to the next caller here, Spencer, I want to get your take on this. Are you worried at all for future repercussions from this? Uh, You know, we saw what happened with the 42 car this year in the Xfinity Series. 
Fastane's been with JD Motorsports here for a couple of years. Uh, I think this is his fifth full-time year, if I'm not mistaken, in that four car. That was sort of a safety net for him. Um, and now, again, I I'm, don't know what – this is pure speculation on my part. Uh, but if, for whatever reason, you know, we we got drivers do this in the past. For example, David Reagan left uh, Frontline Motorsports for Michael Waltrip Racing and Joe Gibbs Racing and then come back, and that relationship is totally fine. Um, and David's have a great second – I guess second tenure with Front Row Motorsports. Um, and it certainly could happen. I could certainly see JD, Johnny Davis being very, very okay with this. But are you worried about any repercussions from this as far as them saying, you know what, we had a, a plan to run – the whole year with you as a ch- as a championship driver, and now um, you know you kind of left us out. You know, wh- give us the opportunity. Well, we're not going to be able to do that this year. Um, what are your thoughts on on future repercussions from from that? I mean, I think as long as JD gave him the approval and said, you know, you have a great shot. You know, this is good for your career. Um, you know, you've been good to our organization. We appreciate what you've done for us. Um, you made the playoffs for us, and, you know, we're going to – you know, you can go for it, and, you know, we're pulling for you. If that's the case, then I don't think he burned any bridges. But if he didn't get the approval from J.D. and, you know, he had committed to run for championship with the Ford car, and he said in his, uh, you know, his post-race media thing um, that he is not going to let this win change um, what he does. He's going to continue to run for Xfinity points, and then, well, here we are, you know, three or four weeks later – and he goes back on his word and does that. So whether he just did it on his own, well, then he may have burnt some bridges. But um, if I think, you know, I think, uh, like you said, J.D. is a nice enough guy, and, you know, they have drivers. You know, they can put Landon Castle in the car. Um, So I don't know. Um, If he got the approval, I think he's fine, and we'll continue to race for them after this year. Um, And who knows if he wins his championship We might be talking about Ross Ross Chastain in the big cup right next year You never know I mean you can't tell what the future holds So um, you know if he up and left Maybe some burnt bridges If not um, you know I think he's fine Over there with JD Motorsports and that whole four bunch Yeah and and we'll see how that all plays out for him 917-889-8280 Lee in, in Montreal tonight Is on the line here uh, Leah, I, I'm sure you want to chime in on the Ross Chastain situation. What are your thoughts? Well, I think he can win the championship in the, in the Gander Outdoors Truck Series now. Uh, it's, it, to me, it's not good. I think people have to realize about this, and I don't know, I've been listening to the whole show, that there's not a lot of guys that run full-time in the Gander Outdoors Truck Series, and 20th in, in driver's points is not going to be that hard for Ross to get to. Now, the win... Uh, could be a trouble, could be troublesome for him. But he's run the full schedule. Um, his just his points just won't count up until from Texas on. Um, I think it was an interesting move. I heard what Spencer said, and he was right about him saying, coming on and saying, you know, I wasn't gonna, I'm not gonna move my points now. But I think when you know Johnny Davis Motorsports, I think if you look at the year he's had in the four car this year, um, they haven't been as strong as they were in years past. Uh, they, they haven't been running as good this year as they did last year and right now they're so far back from Brandon Jones for that final playoff spot that I think he was hoping he'd be able to make it into the Xfinity Series playoffs help Johnny Davis out Um, he has a race in the playoffs with Collig Racing as well which he thought maybe could propel him uh, into future rounds if if the Johnny Davis car wasn't as strong and it doesn't look like he's getting there anyway so I think Johnny and and you gotta also remember too 
uh, Ross brings some money to the table with the watermelon deal. So um, I think in the end, uh, it was a smart move. I think if he wants to run for a championship, this was the only way he was going to be able to do it in 2019. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be really interesting to see if he's able to pull that off. You know, like Philip and, and Spencer and, and Quentin and everybody's documented so far on this on this show tonight. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how how it plays off. It's going to be one of the most interesting things here in NASCAR this season. Uh, another little tidbit, guys, from the Truck Series. I know Philip's been wanting to talk about this. Is the crew chief changes over there at Accomplished Motorsports? I'll let you chime in here first, Philip, before we go to Lee and then Spencer. Um, the crew chief changes accomplished motorsports and Greg Biffle's return to NASCAR over there at Texas Motor Speedway this weekend in the truck series. Um, when you look at what um, this team has been able to do, accomplished motorsports, they've really struggled. Um, so it's a little bit of a curious move because, um, you know, the, the normal crew, the guy West Ward this weekend over there teamed up with, with Todd Gill and, and that team in the four car. Um, and then they're going to have, uh, some some other some additional changes where Marcus Richmond is going to take over the 46 car for the next two events. It's next, it not the next two events, but the next two events it runs, which is uh, Iowa and Gateway. And then, uh, like I said, West Ward's going to be over there with Todd Gillen and Mike at this weekend at Texas. And then Michael Shelton, who is a veteran crew chief, he won a championship uh, a while back with James Busher in the Truck Series. Um, he he will guide. Uh, he was normally on the 46 truck schedule this season. He will guide Yoland at Gateway in Iowa. So it doesn't seem like it's it's a permanent move just yet, but sort of a shakeup here, Philip, over there at KBM. Um, you know, notice that that they didn't really move um, Eric Phillips anywhere. So a very interesting move there for Cobbish Motorsports. Yeah, I mean, the I was saying it to you offline, and it's interesting to me that. You know, we talked about Ross Chastain so far. We spent a good amount of time. And the response by Kyle Busch to go and basically switch Todd Gillen's situation up now with, uh, I guess, eight races to go before the their playoff starts or whatever it is, the 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 fact that they're – that they're making making this change, and it's not even a permanent change. It's a temporary. It's only temporary is in itself interesting. Uh, I mean, uh, Kyle has been quite outspoken about how his two trucks have performed this year, his two full-time trucks, compared to other years. And, I mean, I'm I could go off on a tangent here, a separate tangent, but I'm not going to. Uh, we're kind of close on time, so the reality is I'm interested to see how Gilland will respond, knowing full well that Ross Chastain is lurking behind, along with Harrison Burton, his teammate. They're only a point. There's only a point separation between the two of them for that final playoff spot, and. Right now, as it is, you talk about basically there's two people locked in, and there's probably another one, two, three, four, five. So there's really one spot 
to make it in as of now based on points uh, to make it in the playoffs. And Gillen and Harrison Burton are only separated by one point. And, I mean, and to further that, you have Greg Biffle making his first start since 2016, former Truck Series champion, Xfinity Series champion, had a solid cup career, best finish of second in points in 2005. And he's making his first start in a few years, and and quite frankly, he's he's a favorite uh, to to win on Friday night at at Texas. And, and it's not even though he hasn't been in a in a vehicle racing in a few, in a couple of years, in two and a half years, you don't forget. You just get you get back in practice. You run a few laps. And it's kind of like getting back on a bicycle. And for Greg Biffle, with the kind of talent he has and what he's done in his career, it's going to be yet another race that might possibly be stolen by a non-regular. It'll be the sixth uh, race that's been won by somebody that isn't a regular, uh, if it happens. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's quite an interesting uh, piece there, along with the Ross Chastain um, angle as well. And to see how the regulars at Kyle Busch Motorsports respond to having a veteran who has done a lot in his career, and maybe they might get something off of him. Well, and it's, here's an interesting part. I said Eric Phillips before, and I'm a dope. It was Rudy Frugal who I'm talking about. Um, Rudy Frugal stays at the at the 51 truck um, where Kyle's won five races this year, and, he's, and Rudy Frugal, I mean, there's no doubt, Lee, that everybody – when they talk about the great crew chiefs in the truck series right now, he goes to the top of the list. Why do you think Kyle did, they didn't make it? I'm curious to why they didn't decide to, to put Rudy Frugal with one of these two drivers who run full time. Kyle's not running that truck. Mean, you can say selfishness all you want. That's fine. But I'm, Kyle's at his max of races. He's run five races all year. And maybe because they got sponsorship or Toyota wants that truck to run good. I mean, I'm just at a loss why they wouldn't want to put Rudy Frugal, one of their best crew chiefs, in on a full-time team, to even for a temporary basis, to see how they would perform and see if that would get these guys to perform a little bit better um, and, and maybe get them a little bit better in points. They win a race and get them locked in. Even, like you said, if it's for a temporary basis, what are your thoughts on that, Lee? Oh, I think I think it's interesting because Fugel's won a bunch of championships. I believe you know he's with William Byron, where he didn't win a championship, probably should have in that crazy year where he blew the engine and didn't win a championship. And I think Johnny Sauter won that year, and then he won a championship with Christopher Bell. Um, and so I think he's a very very good crew chief. Um, but and and if he moved him, would that make a difference? I mean. The guy I was more more skeptical of at, at Kyle Busch Motorsports is Marcus Richmond. He has not had a lot of success in the truck series, um, and, and I, I understand the change there. Michael Shelton, who's going over there, he won a championship with James Busher at, at, at uh, you know, back in the day in the, in, the, in the Gander Outdoors truck series. Mike Hillman Jr., who's over at the 51 truck – or over at the 18 truck with, with uh, Harrison Burton – he won a championship, two championships with Todd Bodine. So, so they got capable people there, um, and, and the trucks aren't winning, and they're not running up front. And I think they're gonna. I think they want to see what Todd can do with those other crew chiefs. And, and you know, maybe moving Rudy at this point it, to them is a moot point. But I, I do think that 
maybe that's why it's temporary. I think they want to see if it if it's something that will work with somebody else, and then they'll move Rudy over. I, I don't know why they won't move Rudy. Um, it, it would make sense to me to put your best crew chief there if you're if you guys are struggling. And and but I I don't know why and it, it doesn't make sense to me but he's won a lot of championships he's basically to me the Chad Canals of the Truck Series everybody who gets with him wins and runs up front I don't know why you wouldn't put Todd there and, and create success for Todd Gilliland or an opportunity for success for him Yeah I, I'm I'm with you Lena before I let you go here Lena I just want to get your opinion on on something Philip just talked about before Greg Biffle's return to to NASCAR. Um, he's going to the truck series. He hasn't won a truck, run a truck race since 2004, um, but he certainly, I think a lot of people consider him as a favorite this weekend. We know he's got talent. He's a great race car driver, but it's been over two and a half years since he's been in a, tr- in a car, in a major stock car race. You know, we forget Greg Diffel's never run, run a race with stages in his entire career. It's hard to believe. It feels like stages have been around for so long now, um, but, you know, he hasn't run a race with stages. How do you think he's going to do this weekend, and are his expectations just a little bit too high here at Texas? What are your thoughts? Well, I think somebody called somebody called Bojo Nixon the other day and said they should just hand him the trophy. Um, I think that's a little too much. Greg Biffle is a great race car driver. But, yeah, we've seen guys come over to the truck series from the cup series and kind of struggle, um, and he hasn't been in a truck in a long time. Now, he's got plenty of practice and plenty of all that and plenty of talent. We know that, but he's been out for a while. Um, and and it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I, I I definitely would not put him, I would put him as a favorite, but I would not put him as the favorite to win. I think there are guys who who know these trucks way better than than Greg Biffle knows these trucks. Uh, you know he hasn't been in them very much, but this was an opportunity for him. I think two, uh, you don't need to bring any money to the table in, the, in this truck. That was a big deal for him there, rather than going Xfinity or Cup racing where you're going to need to bring money to the table. It's a fun deal for Greg. It's going to be fun to see how he does. Hopefully there are more races for him in the future. He's 49 years old. This is a good series for him to get involved with. But I think first time out, um, I'm not really expecting a win from him, but I think if he runs in the top five or top ten all day long, um, I think you can expect that and and and, and take that and, and be happy with it if you're a Greg Biffle fan and somebody who's watching the race and pulling for Biffle this weekend. I'm with you there, Lee. And, Lee, I appreciate it. Call back again. You're always welcome. You rock. All right. Thank you. Uh, we in uh, Montreal this weekend, guys. Um, so here we are now um, as we get ready to, to make our picks here, guys. I want to get you picks. Three races this weekend, guys. Like I said, Truck Series at Texas Motor Speedway, Xfinity uh, at Michigan with the Cup Series, guys. Um, so what are your thoughts on on uh, this weekend here? Spencer, give us your picks. For all of them? Yeah, go ahead. Um, for the trucks, um, it's going to be so close. I'm just going to basically say watch out for the 52, and I pray that Chastain can get up there and do something. Um, but 52 is going to be strong. Um, for Cup, uh, you know, I would like to see Larson, but I think uh, Chase Elliott has a good shot. Um, so I'll take those two. And then I'm going to have to go with Christopher Bell. Interesting. Not interesting picks there for sure. How about you, Philip? I mean, again, we got three races this weekend, uh, trucks at Texas and then the Xfinity Cup uh, at, at Michigan. Um, who, do you, who do you pick to win these, this weekend at, at those three races? 
Well, I basically said, you know, I, I kind of think of Greg Biffle as a favorite uh, to pa- to go and win on Friday night. In the end, though, as you know, Lee said, I, I figure a regular will uh, get a win here and be one of the only ones that has so far this year. I figure Matt Crafton finally breaks his drought and gets his first win in a while and locks himself into the playoff in the truck series. So I would definitely look at that 51 and the 38 uh, in general. In terms of the Xfinity series, the way this has been going, the big three plus, you know, the seven, I'll go with Justin Allgaier to go and give himself his place there in the, in the, in the playoffs. And I figure he he has a pretty good shot of doing that at Michigan. And, I mean, of course, you're going to see the two, the double zero and the 20 there. That's not really going to change. A uh, special uh, reference to Joe Graff Jr. for possibly, for probably bringing, bringing out a caution this week since he likes to hit people. And then in, for, for the Cup Series, I'll uh, go – with uh, that's a good question. Michigan's an interesting one in general. I mean, it's a right, it's just a minimum field. Oh, uh, I'll go, uh, I'll go. Kevin Arvick finally gets over all the crap that's been going on, finally locks himself in. He's the defending race winner, and he goes and gets that win that he's been looking for all year and uh, gets himself locked into the playoff. But there's a few drivers that are going to be up there that are really going to have a chance to go and do something. Yeah, I'm going to go with this weekend at Texas at Texas in the truck series. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Johnny Sauter. I think he's got a real good shot at it this weekend. He always runs good at Michigan. Uh, I can remember, I think it was Michigan, where him and I think it was Ron Hornaday went side-by-side side there and almost spun together and kept it going, and, and I believe he ended up winning that race. That's one of the. That was Kansas. That was Kansas. So thank you. So that was an incredible, incredible finish on a mile and a half yeah. back. They all looked the same to me after a while. But uh, yeah. in the Xfinity series, Cole Custer, uh, you know, that's a guy who Mike Shiplett has brought a lot of strength to that race team. Um, they've just picked up speed like crazy. He's my guy in the Xfinity series this weekend to keep an eye on as well. In the truck and a Cup series, um, I'm going to go with. Uh, with um, oh my goodness, I had my pick. Oh, Martin Truex Jr. Um, you know, I I I know they had some trouble last weekend at Pocono, but I think they're going to find it this weekend. I think they're going to they they've really hit hit on something. Uh, him and and I've been saying this for a while. Him and Cole Pern have really, you know, um, I think found their way again, found their groove again. They've had a lot of distraction over the last real really over the last. There was rumors since they really lost five-hour energy and that furniture uh, racing team was going to shut down. And then starting this year and getting their feet underneath in that Joe Gibbs racing, uh, I think it took a little while for them to find their groove. But I think they've found their groove, and I think they're going to really run strong, especially in the mile and a half on the rest of the way. I want to thank all the callers tonight. You guys did uh, add a lot to the show. We had, we had a lot of fun discussing the nights with you. Spencer Cowan and, and Phil Matthew, as always, did a great uh, if you like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, 
we'll, we'll see you next time on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.